Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 64. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. Sleepy. Very sleepy. Oh, no. Sleepy. I may fall asleep. Uh, But there's a reason, though, isn't there? I'm in jab-induced sleepiness. (gasps) Yay! Nick's been jabbed. I've been jabbed. We've been jabbed. My first vaccine dose today. Was it for the, yesterday. When was it? I don't know. What's going on? Who are you? But it was yesterday, dear. It was yesterday. <laughs> so, <laughs> my brain has stopped working. I mean, we're assuming that it is. It's assuming that you went to an actual vaccination site and did just wander into a drug den. It could well have been. It was very jolly. Yeah. So. <laughs> there was a lot of lying on like old mattresses. Yeah. <laughs> using belts as a tourniquet. Is that not normal? No. <laughs> they gave you some snacks afterwards. They took all your money. (laughs) It's gone horribly, horribly wrong. Oh, hooray for the vaccine. Hooray for that. Well, I'm sorry you're sleepy, but you're going to have to goddamn wake up. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. It's podcast time. (laughs) Wake up. Come on. Get on with it. Well, I mean, any poisonings this week aside from poisoning yourself? Only myself with exciting drugs that make me immune to everything. But yeah, I can do anything now. I've got superpowers. I've got 5G in my head. (laughs) That's the thing that's in the vaccine as well. So Exactly. New Windows download. It's great. You just hear the Windows music every time you open your eyes. It's all going on. The world has opened up again in England. We have lots of indoor dining and rain so that's a good combination (laughs) but it's always raining it's not always don't perpetuate that myth (laughs) well speaking of drinking inside and being cold and wet i think it's time for us to thank our lovely patreon subscribers (laughs) because they make us do both what no what (laughs) i'm so confused (laughs) this is going to be a fun episode because you're going to be so confused through the whole of it no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea. <laughs> it's what's not happening. your episode, Nick. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Thank you so much to Emma VT to Tabor, but I secretly hope that that's Tibor, really, for a Simpsons reference. And to uh, Stephanie Hansen and to Jill Torgidson. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> If we're laughing, it's because, okay, you need to become a Patreon subscriber if you haven't already, because all of what just happened that you haven't heard will end up in the outtakes. And took about 10 minutes. Of us trying to say, to say names. four names. <laughs> 
You all have beautiful, beautiful, complicated names. Love you, but you're very, very sexy. Lovely, delicious Patreon subscribers. We've been having a great time over on Patreon. Lots of good stories. Lots of good chat. Oh, loving the Patreon chat these days. I mean, the insights <laughs> for people. That's great. This yeah, is great. great to see. We love all of our listeners. Obviously, always tell us where you like to chat about the podcast. If it's on Instagram, if it's on Facebook, if it's on Twitter. If you'd like to hear more from us on any particular channel, just let us know. Or come and join us on Patreon for pennies a month because it's yes, lovely. I agree. Well, Nick, yes. <laughs> I know. are no, you ready? No, I'm not. <laughs> to drink cocktails and talk about poison, mostly me doing the talking. <laughs> as long as I don't have to think, I'm ready for anything. Okay. <laughs> do you want to drink poison and talk about cocktails instead? No, no, no. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, do this it. thing. Let's, let's do, do this thing. Come on. I can do it. Oh, poor Nick. <laughs> to be fair, I felt like this a week ago and I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> Get vaccinated, people. It's just like getting high, but for free. <laughs> and then you won't die. Um, that's that's the benefits of getting high, I feel. Well, good. We're going to go with the first one. We're going to try and drink cocktails and talk about We're poison. Gonna give it a go. I'm going to talk a mile a minute. Nick will go to sleep. It'll be great. It'll be uh, marvellous. I just see random canned laughter in the background every now and again. So, <laughs> Oh, I must stop putting that in when you're just not getting my jokes and you're glaring at me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that plan. Let's go with the first one. We are going to drink cocktails and talk about poison. Hooray, hooray, hooray. But obviously we can't, we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every single week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour our cocktail of the week. My pick... This week for the story. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> and so the secret ingredient is... Mm. Worms. Delightful. Worms. Worms for all. See. Delicious, lovely worms. For it is the turning of the season and with the turning of the soil comes the worms. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly where that came from. Do you know where that came Just from? Just making up bollocks now. <laughs> Indeed it is. Um, we will, in this story, we will go through all the possible secret ingredients that were an option that were on the table for this There one. were some interesting choices you gave me, it has to be said. There were. And uh, we'd love you to weigh in on what you think we could have chosen. But worms, I'm happy with. Nick went with worms i did go with worms I've, you're not just gonna give us a drink that's going to give us worms are you <laughs> damn is that that orange <laughs> thing it? again no no none of that well with worms as the ingredient slash inspiration what have you come up with nick well it was sort of the least worst of the random ingredients you gave me as options i had loads this week yeah but none of them were good <laughs> <laughs> i begged it we will see we shall see right. young sir so i did i did think what is a wormy drink? So that's I, that, that was the start of the my what? start of my process. What is a wormy drink? Soil. It's not. A, it's not a drink, is it? No, that's why I'm worried. Yeah. So there's there's no soil in this. Oh, there is no god. soil in this. But we are using a worm-related beverage. Oh my god! Wait, what? Oh, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. What? Oh, this. I've lost my mind. Apparently so. Oh, okay. Carry on. Thank you. <laughs> I got really excited. Part of my brain went, you know what drinks involve worms? And then I went, yes. And then another part of my brain just threw 60 different drinks at me. And I got confused. You came up with 60 drinks involving worms? Apparently so. Yes. Well done. That's, that's impressive because I came up with like not that many. Okay. So, we, yeah, so with the inspiration of the worminess, we are having a mezcal-based drink. Yay! Oh, I'm so excited. Yay! That is generally, if, if you say worm in a drink... 
That's a tequila mezcali thing is generally what most people would come up with if they had to rack their brains about it. Actually, I was going to say absinthe. Absinthe has wormwood in it yes, as part of one go. of the botanicals. There you go, wormwood. But that is that is a herb. I was going to say worm meal, and that's not yeah, right. That, that's a herb rather than a worm. But an actual worm? No, that's much better. That's much better than whatever I was thinking. Again, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's lovely to have the validation of the stage. <laughs> of me not understanding what drinks are, going, well done! <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, occasionally, if you're in a mezcal-selling shop, you may well come across a bottle with a tiny wee little worm in the bottom of it. Now, there are many a conflicting theory as to where this worm originates from. Some say it enhances the flavour of your mezcal. It has a chemical interaction with the the alcohol that actually turns it into something more potent and it's meant to be an aphrodisiac and increase your um, machismo and things like that. Is it? Well, that, that is one of the one of the tales that is told about this worm. <laughs> okay. There are other tales and it's purely a marketing thing. Yeah. Done to sell to stupid tourists. <laughs> so, and there are many sort of shades in between those two extremes the the i the idea behind it okay it started off in sort of the 1940s 1950s primarily when okay. mexico was opening up as a more of a tourist destination for americans so a lot of americans were going down to mexico for holidays and things like that and they needed some sort of random little catchy hook to sell this stuff and worms in your <laughs> that will increase your libido and make you more manly and stuff like that yeah. it seemed to appeal at the time to the demographic they were going for. Mezcal is a thing of beauty and tequila is a thing of beauty. Well, quite. Another version of events that it was it the, the particular worm that is meant to be in these um, bottles of mezcal okay. only eats the very heart of the very best agave plants. Oh, yes. So I it is a, almost like a sign of purity. If you were to find one of these worms in your bottle, it must have meant that the, the, the plants were of the very highest quality because the worms would only eat the plants of the highest quality that's bollocks well absolutely complete bollocks but it was it was, <laughs> yeah, a, it, was a, it was a marketing <laughs> thing that was spun and it did the trick and that is a story that has also sort of sort of stuck so yeah it's all bollocks but mezcal is a lovely thing well mezcal is a lovely thing tequila is a lovely thing good tequila generally the rule is is that if you see a bottle with the worm in it don't buy it because it will it won't be bad it will be pretty harsh it just won't be as good as non-worm based ones nah. because it doesn't need the marketing it'll just be one that has just been put there for yeah for marketing purposes yeah. really so yeah with, so with all that in mind we are having a mezcal based beverage today and we are having an absolute classic absolute yeah, classic yeah, yeah, yeah. yes so we are having a 1910 oh it is called i've not had that have i i don't i don't know probably not <laughs> if you haven't given it to me then i haven't had it <laughs> Then you have not had it. No, I've just been sitting with a worm crying. We are having a 1910 today, so we will see what you think. Yay, I am excited. I love a mezcal. Listeners know, love mezcal. Mezcal can do no wrong, and it hides a multitude of sins, including chartreuse on one occasion. <laughs> and we snuck it past her. But before we get to our story, we can't waste any more time. It's time for us to go into our isolation kitchens and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. So, Nick, a nineteen ten. It's brown. It's a brown, brown drink. It is brown. I'm excited for the brown drinks. I'm excited <laughs> for mezcal. I don't know what else is in this. Nick has dropped me off the secret ingredient. It's kind of a ruby. A ru- another ruby another red. Ruby. A ruby. Got a ruby. Brownie rubiness. Oh, it's very pretty. I, I don't think it smells weird, though. 
I haven't. Um... It's it, actually it's calmed down a bit, but when I was stirring it, I thought it smelled a bit like petrol. Maybe there was petrol in my kitchen, for all I know. I, I had used that bottle to store petrol prior to this. Ah, there we are. I should have washed it up, potentially. Okay, so you're, as ever, not going to tell me what's in it first. Nope. We're not going to talk it through. We're just going to dive in, really. So in 1910, we know there's mezcal in it. It's exciting. It's brown. It better be damn delicious. And it better mm. keep Nick awake. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So let's uh, have a little taste. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's curious. Yeah. It's not It's not undelicious. It's not ungood. I quite like that. I do quite like that, but I don't know what's happening. It's one of those. It's, <laughs> it is a, there's, there's yeah, a certain. A... There's a certain class of cocktail. There's some that you go, yes, instantly, absolutely. Some where I go, I'm not opposed to it. It's new. It's exciting. It's yes. experimenting. It's it's, a, it's an interesting one. It's a, You have one of these and fall asleep, I feel. Oh, yeah. This is dangerous for you. <laughs> yeah, this is very dangerous. It's not the start of an evening cocktail. I can't work out what's in that. Um... I could probably hazard a guess. Yeah, I'm second sip here. Mm, that is complex and intriguing. It's not far off a Negroni. It is quite far off a Negroni. Is it? Really? I would say it's quite far off a Negroni. Well, excuse me. I don't know. Well, it's in the same ballpark-ish. Because I have, no, not in the slightest. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, talk me through it and tell me why I'm wrong. Just let me count the ways. <laughs> well, we, we don't have time for that. because <laughs> So we do indeed have some um, delightful mezcal. Yes. Yay. We have maraschino, our lovely favourite maraschino oh, liqueur. Ooh, okay. So a dash of fruity cherryness. Fruity cherryness. Fruity cherryness. <laughs> we have... Uh, a red vermouth. A red vermouth, yeah. I could taste that. Uh, but a quite a quite a hefty red vermouth. This is a, a Puntemez one, um, which is quite a ballsy. It's a, it's a strong one, that one. Uh, and then we have cognac. Really? Ooh, yes, fuck. indeed. There's cognac in Ooh. there. And then a few dashes of um, Peychaud's bitters, like a Creole bitters. Oh, uh, Creole bitters? What are Creole bitters? They're pr- primarily used in um, uh, Sazeracs and things oh, like that. Okay. Um, they've got sort of a more spicy warmth to them uh Peychaud's is the most most famous one wow okay but different type of bitters so yes uh um yeah all stirred together with a lot of ice so it's nice and chilled no shaking or anything on this one yeah drink a beware because it's damn strong it's very strong <laughs> i don't know what i think of that one i do like it i don't dislike it and i don't sort of i'm not as meh about it as some other meh cocktails that we've had i think I it's just little, mm. i think the reason i compared it to Negroni is it took me a long time to get into Negronis because it's quite bitter and strong this and it's true. complexity of flavours if you're not used to that on the palate <laughs> but then once once you're in there oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah I can see myself really liking that and ill-advisedly making a second or a third and then dying yeah I don't think a second or a third would be wise on this one because it is pure booze it is very strong and quite a large drink as well it's a long drink I think that's a success I'm very pleased with that one actually I think that is going to be a big success with our listeners there are certain aficionados out there who will love that i'm gonna say i could do without the cognac in there mm-hmm. I, I think it's a step too far with mezcal and cognac it's that they're, they're quite big flavors big flavors well and, and the red vermouth in there. yeah and the, big, the red vermouth flavors. is very whiny it's very strong it's not bad it's not you know it's not a mishmash that is just turned into a car crash or anything it's not an incident in a glass we know that i think it might just be a touch too too bold for me fair enough but i quite enjoy it i'm still gonna drink it <laughs> but i'm gonna drink yeah, it not very gonna it, very, it? very slowly through this episode i'm very glad <laughs> i got a glass of water to go alongside it <laughs> i think that's gonna be a damn winner with some people though yeah. and i think it's a good one for the 
I'll go out and say that the aficionados, the people who are really into their spirits and their cocktails, I think this is a good combination to try. See what you think of it. Oh, I like this. I have to say, I could see that getting into my, not my everyday repertoire, but my <laughs> cocktails that I make. I'm feeling quite warm and fuzzy. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, you know what? 1910 is a classic. It tastes like a classic. It's got classic ingredients in there. Nothing fancy and silly. You like it. I sort of like it. I'm afraid of it, but I'm not going to stop <laughs> drinking it. Give it a go, people. Yeah, give it a go. Well, with our 1910s firmly in hand. Now, are you ready for a story, Nick? I think it's about time. From the 1910. Yeah. I think I'll read you a wee poem, Nick. Ooh. And the accent's going to come out. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> Depends very much which accent you're going to do. Very much my accent. Okay, so if, if you're going to go, the, the, ac- the accent's coming out, I'm going to do Scandinavian. <laughs> and alienate all our listeners. Exactly. But now the wind drops, dust settles, thereupon there lurches past his great eyes without thought. Under the shadow of the stupid straw pale locks, that insolent fiend, Robert Artisan, to whom the lovelorn Lady Kettler brought bronzed peacock feathers, red combs of her cocks. Nice, nice. Recognise that poem? Um, no, but I know the story. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going with uh, with um, Kettler, yeah. Kettler, so that is from... 1919, not far off 1910. Oh, so close, so, so close. close. So close, so close. W.B. Yeats' famous long poem, 1919, but those are the closing lines of that poem because, of course, Nick, we are heading to 13th century and 14th century, crosses over the two, Ireland, for the Kilkenny Witch Trials. Nice. I'm so close to doing this one myself. <laughs> and the tale, of course, of Alice Kittler, the first woman to be condemned for witchcraft in Ireland. Hey, Ireland, Ireland and witches. La, 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 la. I'm happy. <laughs> but I do have to say, Ireland, this year, Eurovision, fucking awful. Oh, I haven't seen They've it. been booted out in the semi-finals because it was so <gasps> dreadful. <gasps> I'm not surprised that we hosted it so many times. We're bankrupt from it. <laughs> We can't do it anymore. Well, it's still put a vaguely decent song in. <laughs> I know. It's been a long time since Riverdance. You know? Come on, we can get over it now. Oh, I've not seen it. Oh, yeah. Eurovision this Saturday. Cannot wait. We'll get into it. But yes, we are heading off to Ireland. Big trial. Lots of men shouting about things. Alice herself. Very interesting character. Possibly a witch. Possibly just an everyday run-of-the-mill murderer. So you know the story, Nick, do you? I know. I know-ish. I, know, I have read bits and pieces, but I'm not... De- delved into too much detail yet okay good, good, good. and now i shan't no you shan't no you know you never shout well i shall tell you i shall tell you of the tale and i will there's some good history bits in here that nice. you can dive in on i should be seeking your opinion um and fair warning after the poem at the beginning the accent's probably going to come out in this quite a bit especially after a few drinks yeah absolutely <laughs> oh. a few mouthfuls of that and then my, my god you want me to turn it off Exactly. And also, don't come at me because this is the south of Ireland. I'm from the north. The accent's going to be weird. Don't think I'm trying to replicate anything accurately. It's just me rambling in a very succinct, well-researched way. So Alice is born in Kilkenny in 12... 63. That's quite far back. We it don't is usually quite go far this back. far back. Mm, I like I like an old, old story. She's born to a Flemish family, actually, mm. who had recently settled there. They are merchants by trade. A pretty successful one. She's doing well. As usual, not much is known about her childhood. <laughs> I'm not surprised going that far back, yeah. <laughs> 
No one was detailing a lot of stuff. And as this story progresses, you're going to understand that you would trust nothing that anyone said about her childhood. She was born and later she aged and then things happened. In 1280, we do know that she weds William Outlaw. Good name. Good name. Outlaw is probably the anglicised later version of it. It might have been something a little bit more weird. We're going with Outlaw because it's brilliant. (laughs) Uh, William is also a merchant and a money lender by trade. Together they have a son, also called William. William Jr., we shall call him. So we don't get confused with all the Williams. There's too many Williams going on already. Too many Williams. William will grow up to be quite the success in Kilkenny. Actually, he'll end up being mayor. That's quite fancy. Mm, mm, mm. Fancy. Mother definitely dotes on William. Firstborn son, eh, they have a good relationship. It's all nice. But the marriage to William Sr. lasts but five years. Because he dies. He dies. Oh, no. (laughs) And it is such a shame because he was doing so well for him and the family. But, you know, silver lining. It leaves Alice and her son and, well, later her new boyfriend, very well off indeed. Always handy. Always handy when your husband has done well for himself and he leaves you lots of money. Perhaps a few tongues wagged about the first husband's death, but that was just jealousy, surely, because they were being so successful as merchants. And husband number two comes along, Adam Leblond. Adam Leblond. 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 I'm putting more of an accent on there that probably needs to be, but it's Alan Leblond. Okay. I mean, why wouldn't you say Alan Leblond? Adam Leblond was even more successful than the first husband. By God. The wealth amassed from husband number one, husband number two has come along. The family now has £3,000. But that's a fuck ton of money. This is around about 1303. Yeah. That William Jr. actually declares it, saying that he is, he's sort of executing their estate, as it were. And he says they've got £3,000. That's like £17 million billion pounds a day. That's like he could buy Ireland You for that. could, you could. There, there are reports in other places that the usual wage for a labourer was a penny. A penny a day. Not a year. That's pretty good. That's pretty good going. Now, maybe that's a bit of hearsay later on. I often find in these stories, people say, oh, they had wealth of 3,000. They had 5,000 a year. They had 17,000 a minute. Maybe it's a little bit of fabrication. But certainly we can assume that Alice and her son and her various husbands are doing well for themselves. And local people, you take notice of that sort of stuff, especially in Kilkenny at that sort of time. There's not much going on. There's not a lot going on. There's the field. There's those chickens that one weekend. Hey, I can say it. (laughs) Again, the pair were married around about five years. Interesting thing about Adam, husband number two. He does something rather curious. He Mm. decides while living, which is when you decide things. Generally, yes, yes. To pass on all of his money, his worldly possessions and his property to William Jr., who is Alice's son. His stepson. His stepson. Okay. Cancels all debts the son owes to him. Well, that's just a nice thing to do. And then Adam dies. Now, maybe that's not so strange to leave all your possessions to a male heir if you're unwell. Yes, I would say not. The thing is, Adam has children of his own. Oh. From his first marriage. Oh. Then that would be frowned upon, I feel. Yes, they weren't best pleased I with this sort of not. activity. Neither were the family of Alice's third husband, <laughs> Richard DeVale. We're getting fancy with the names. They're very fancy. We've gone from outlaw to Leblond to <laughs> DeVale. This story is resplendent with fancy names. I don't know if these have Excellent. been added in later on going, oh, fuck it. DeVale, DeVale, whichever way, it's sexy. He's a landowner. He has huge tracts of land. Huge tracts of land. And huge pots of cash. She was sensing a pattern. She's got a... She's She's got a type. She's got a type, Alice. The, the rich, mainly. Yeah. So Alice and William Jr. again prospered. 
from the third husband's wealth. And again, he dies not so long after they've been married. Now it's the 1300s. People die. People die frequently. It has been known to happen. But when he dies, Alice is in line for a big, fat, juicy inheritance. But this time, Richard son third husband's son is like "Uh -uh. no sorry i know you've been married twice before we know the pattern here he refuses to pay alice her widow's dowry from the estate which she should be due Mm -hmm. alice doesn't like this one bit so she starts legal proceedings against him to claim her dues there there, there are systems obviously there are courts there is a law (laughs) very much don't anyone be picturing that she took him to the local chicken and went "Mm." (laughs) she starts legal proceedings against him by now all of the stepchildren from her various marriages are all starting to feel put out people will talk to each other people will know each other the different families and they've all started to communicate in some way because they are not happy about what's happening Alice and her natural son are wealthy and wealthy people don't go unnoticed around this time. And they think nothing clearly of benefiting from the deaths of their new families. So when husband number four rocks up, <laughs> John Poer. What was that right? Poer. P-O-E-R. Okay. Poer. That's how we're going with that one. Or you can go Poer. Poer. John Poer. Poer. So husband number four, John, let's call him that, begins to complain to his loved ones that he isn't feeling too well. Uh, They start to pay attention. (laughs) John is said to grow emaciated. Well, that's no good. His hair is falling out. His nails are brittle, torn off, they describe them in one description. And he fears that he may, he may be being poisoned. (laughs) And all the symptoms he describes would later be attributed to... I know, there's a lot of snakes in Ireland. Is it snakes? (laughs) That is a myth. (laughs) Bloody hell. (laughs) Straight with the stereotypes. That's what I'm all about. Might be attributed to... Could it be arsenic? Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Arsenic alarm! Oh, it's been so long since we had the arsenic alarm on the main episode. Woo! 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 Everybody rejoice. Drink your drinks. Drink your drinks. Down your drinks. <laughs> because we branched out, the arsenic alarm is few and far between, but when it happens, God damn it, we will celebrate. <laughs> yes, it is suspected that he is being poisoned by arsenic. Uh, the details of this are not big apart from the symptoms and people just kind of go, yeah, arsenic, definitely it's Absolutely. Happening. The only possible explanation. When he dies, the family spring into action. Didn't do actually anything to help him when he was alive. You could, you could have sprung slightly earlier, I feel. Um. <laughs> no one sprung earlier. They made sure that he was dead. They could get his money. And now we spring into action. Yes, all the stepchildren from the previous marriages, at least enough of them, band together. They feel certain of two things. That they can accuse Alice of poisoning their fathers or at least murdering them doing away with them but also why just stop at poisoning when they're pretty sure they can throw charges of witchcraft in there too well you could do that pretty much at any point you liked really couldn't you she can count which which <laughs> well we'll come on to that she had this woman had possessed their fathers they were going to say that she had poisoned their minds and she had poisoned their bodies she and her son and her coven of helpers had communed with the devil and they must be stopped but how are they going to make these accusations stick well it's time to call in some help from right the church someone entirely impartial and unbiased absolutely Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, Sinead's little history lesson. Oh, oh, I'm intrigued. I know it's normally your territory, so you can jump in at any yep. point with notes. It better be good. <laughs> it's literally like presenting to your history teacher, reading <laughs> out your essay and going, please give yes, me notes. Yes, come on, come on. <laughs> I think it's important to have context here because as you said when you say when you think witchcraft when you hear witch trials we think witch witch burn her burn her lickety split we're done and dusted right uh yeah ish okay good I'm on the right lines good (laughs) (laughs) certainly that was by and large the case in the later trials the famous ones of the 16th and 17th century accusation leads to incineration pretty damn quickly You like that, don't you? It's very good. It's very good. I'm getting points there. Am I getting ticks? (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, all of those later trials very much fueled by religious and political power play at the time. But we ain't in that period yet. In the 1200s, the 1300s, Ireland is only really just shifting its attitude to all things, let's say, magical. And this is the same of the church as well. Up until this point, magic and witchy shit which we love now, <laughs> is is frowned upon. It's all much the same. Who doesn't do a bit of binding every now and then? Yeah, You've exactly. got wise women making herbal medicines. Ireland is a country steeped in superstition, still is, where the devil doesn't really come into much magical activity, the way it would be betrayed later on. Hmm. Now, we've talked before on Patreon about the tale of Bridget Cleary in Ireland and how yes. even in later centuries, Ireland as you actually referenced as well, wasn't as badly hit by the horrors of the witch trials across Europe. Indeed not. Because magic and witchcraft was associated with the Fae, and all due respect to the Fae when saying this, Mm. who are not deemed to be 
evil. No, they were just a part of life. <laughs> Mischievous. There are, there are things that happen. Doesn't necessarily be seen as demonic or threatening. And local people aren't as overly troubled by such going-ons as anything to do with witchcraft as the puritanical English people might be. Do you think that's a fair assessment, Nick? Please give me notes, teacher. <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely. Because it was when bad things happened, in if your crops failed or your child died or anything like that, it wasn't it wasn't evil evil Doris in the hut in the, the edge of the village who did it. No. It was the Fae. So you had this sort of slightly more otherworldly supernatural thing to pin the blame on. Mm. Whereas that didn't exist in England and Scotland. Um so it was evil Doris round the corner who got the blame yeah. and therefore got burned to a stake. And again the Fae are not seen as anything evil they are just seen as mischief there's there's also it's much more complex rather than just good and evil so witchcraft is very much a petty crime in adverted commas everyone is accusing everyone of being a witch every six seconds and no one cares it's none of the gravitas or horror that it would later have just stop making sex potions and be on your way with a slap (laughs) on the wrist oh you evil doris put your sex frog away (laughs) preceding this in 1258 pope alexander the fourth He decreed that the church should not be investigating divination or superstition unless they were certain that any of the activity involved heresy. Heresy Mm -hmm. would include praying at the altars of idols, offering sacrifices and consulting with demons, which is a kind of a big giveaway there. (laughs) Consulting with demons or to elicit responses from them. So it's a two way street. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's generally frowned upon. So you've got 1258 Pope Alexander IV just going, can the church stop investigating all of this bollocks? Quite frankly, it's we don't have time. Local authorities can deal with it. But by 1320, Pope John the 22nd, there have been a lot of Pope Johns. A lot of Johns. Yes, that's why they started adding in more names. <laughs> he is terrified of all things mystical, <laughs> apart from God, apparently. Anything witchy, anything to do with witchcraft, he has knocked things up a notch and he has approved the Inquisition to prosecute sorcerers. And that was a jolly time for all. A jolly time. Pointy sticks galore. A lot of pointy sticks. It wouldn't be until 1484 that witchcraft would be deemed outright heresy by Pope Innocent VIII. But we're a way off from complete outright heresy. But the gates have opened. They've been nudged open a little bit for the church to go, oh, heresy, ha, 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 which brings <clears throat> us back to Alice. Accusations of witchcraft can be levied against her on the grounds of heresy, by her stepchildren we're in 1324 so she's very likely to be subjected to some torturing goodness and hopefully some imprisonment and rescinding of all of her goods so who will help the stepchildren in their noble greedy cause <laughs> enter the bishop of ossory nice richard de le dread oh good name <laughs> le dread le dread good, excellent i like that l-e-d-r-e-d-e yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, we're calling him Le Dread, the original Judge Dread. Absolutely, with a fantastic hat. He's a bishop. He's going to have a fantastic hat. Trust me, Nick. He fucking loves his regalia. <laughs> Any excuse to whip that shit out? Absolutely. Oh yes. Well, yes. you would if you could. If you've got a if you're robe, a bishop. If you've got a robe, wear your robe. I'm sake. <laughs> Le Dread is known as the scourge of heresy and witchcraft. That's a good, it's a good title. He's like the sheriff who's kicked open the double doors. That's equivalent <laughs> of walking into Ireland. He's an Englishman. He just walks in of like, course. aha, I'm here to clean up this 
country. Ledred is only too happy to believe the accusations levied against Alice and her family. He is an envoy of Pope who is so terrified of witchcraft and he is here to make sure that heresy is punished, that witchcraft is punished as heresy. He is 100% here for catching some heretics and proving his worth. So these pagans, these magicians, these minions of Satan, they must be stopped. It would be really, really great if Ireland could just do whatever the church tells them to because the church has the power to do whatever it likes to you. Yep. Ledred joins the cause with gusto. He points the finger of sorcery at Alice. She is the leader of a coven. She and her no good son, William Outlawed Jr. and her army of helpers. So here are the seven charges that are cooked up by the kids and the dread against her. Number one, committing heresy. Yeah. Two, sacrificing to demons. Okay, yeah. Something to do on a Tuesday. Three, communing with demons. Oh, so we've gone from the sacrificing and now we're having a chat. Four, magically excommunicating slash usurping the church. Okay. Five, making love and hate potions to corrupt Christians. Good shout. Yeah, go with that. Six, murdering her past husbands ah uh, that's less that's probably less good it's less heresy and witchy yeah. i feel unless she encouraged the demons to do it seven engaging in a sexual affair with a demon well who hasn't <laughs> <laughs> yep i'm with alice well 100%. i've got five points so far <laughs> out of the seven how many can you score people <laughs> not hopefully not murdering yeah yeah so. <laughs> committing heresy well done that yeah sacrificing to demons hopefully not communing with demons uh, depends what i'm like on when i'm drunk <laughs> excommunicating the church we've all blasphemed love and hate potions that's just an extra strong gin and tonic <laughs> <laughs> and it could go either the both for both of them really it could go either way. <laughs> exactly love me hate me let's see where it goes <laughs> engaging in a sexual affair with a demon well we've all had a past <laughs> absolutely yeah. it's a mixed bag in there now now we get into the legal side of what we love about every single witch trial Ledred, of course needs to build his case and arrange the trial he obviously has the pope behind him he has various you know papers various fancy words for it but it, you know it should all be fine it's just a quick formality to talk to the state before all the pointy stuff begins with alice <laughs> so he contacts a chap who is the Lord Chancellor of Ireland. Oh, so grand. I'm probably so desperately English as well. <laughs> I'm assuming. Oh, I'm no, assuming. no, 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 Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, he lays his claims and demands a trial of these heretics. Before he approached the Lord Chancellor, he probably should have checked the Lord Chancellor's name before oh. strutting in their robes billowing to lay down the lawn. <laughs> Law, even, not lawn. <laughs> <laughs> He's come with a wheelbarrow of turf. Here's the turf. There we are. I've laid down the law. The Lord Chancellor of Ireland is Roger Outlaw. Nice. <laughs> nice. Roger the Outlaw. That is an excellent, excellent name. That's an interesting pastime as well as a name. Quite. Absolutely. <laughs> Roger Outlaw. Hard to believe, but he is... Brother or some relation. He's Alice's brother-in-law. He's the brother of her first, first husband. husband. Yes. Uncle to William Jr. Nice. Good to have connections. I know. And Roger... There's just crazy names in Ireland at the time. Roger Outlaw. What? It does seem like a desperately English name. He is a former military commander. He served with the English army. He is a statesman. He is now Lord Chancellor of Ireland. And he is very willing to take his family's side in these matters yes alice is his sister-in-law whether he believes that alice is simply being hard done by and she is his ex-sister-in-law mother Mm -hmm. to his nephew whether he wants a share of the money she's got a lot of cash that's true 
or whether he is simply a proud man who will literally be damned if a bishop tries to besmirch the family name. Mm. Either way, he is having none of Ladred's fire and brimstone attitude. So begins the tug of war between the two of these people to try and either get Alice to trial or prevent her from ever coming to trial. So I'm going to summarise this as succinctly as I can. There's a lot of records out there. So, first of all, Ladred demands that Roger Outlaw arrest Alice and William and their minions. The law of inquisitions demands that the church has authority here. Mm-hmm. This is where the problems begin. He's saying, I am the church. I have the Pope behind me. I have authority. You just have to do the paperwork, mate. <laughs> he's the state and he's like, no. no. I don't think so. We really like the church in Ireland, but no. <laughs> How about no? friend no roger instead sets out some legal loopholes saying that ladred can't have a trial until alice has technically been excommunicated and when she has they need to wait for at least 40 days after that point before there could be a trial okay why why is why because he said so because he said so fair enough because he made some shit up yep Okay, we'll go with that. Alice, when she hears there's a 40-day time limit, she's like, great, I'm going to run off to Dublin. <laughs> she's getting out of Kilkenny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. Fucking off across the country, <laughs> probably to stay with Roger and extra family around there. She's she's well looked after. Mm. So, fine, thanks, the dread. <laughs> I'll wait the 40 days for Alice, but I'll just have to go ahead and try William Jr. in the meantime. <laughs> So William Jr. is summoned to Ladred and he will stand and be accused of heresy and harbouring heretics such as Alice. <sighs> Scandal. But William Jr. has brought along a friend, Arnold. The names get better. Name. Arnold Lepeur. Lepeur. Same surname as one of the earlier husbands, but no connection has ever been brought there. And it's got a L in front of it. So okay. we're just going to call him Arnold because it's a good name. So he was Seneschal in Kilkenny, which is sort of like Chief Justice around mm-hmm. there. So he's against state. He's state. He's not church. Arnold has come along to the trial with William and Arnold decides to imprison the dread for 17 days. Nice. Lock up the bishop. Excellent plan. Is it legal? No, of oh, course it is. <laughs> you cannot lay your hands on a cleric at the time, especially not one who has come from the Pope. But the dread, he plays this pretty cool. It's, it's pretty smart moves by him. He is... Well, I mean, he spends some time in jail, but he is fastidious in making sure that the the officials carry out their so-called arrest of him to the full accordance of their law so he can bring back a full complaint against them. Nice. Nice. He's taking notes. He makes sure that they lay their hands on him, which they are not allowed to Mm. do, that they touch his horse, that they imprison him. He says nothing to them. He just goes, go ahead. You are literally knotting the rope (laughs) that you're going to hang yourself with. Nice. He's a clever man. He's a clever man. While he's in jail, Ladred issues an interdict on his diocese. This is a thing that will prevent any baptisms, marriages or burials taking place in the diocese at the time. So it basically means that any children who are born while he's in jail, anybody who dies, anyone who wants to get married, they will be living in sin. They will not be blessed by God. That's a cunning plan. Exactly. So people are getting annoyed and they're going to be, he knows that they're going to be like, get the bishop out and we Mm. don't want this anymore. While he's in jail, Arnold and William Jr. are running around the neighbourhood to see if anyone can pin any crimes on this bishop (laughs) whatsoever. They're asking, does anyone want to accuse the bishop of stuff? They apparently found some bogus claim that had been quashed about him. They wrote it down on an old bit of paper and then they smudged their boots on it to make it look old. 
and went, look, see, we've got this claim against you. Sign it. Ate too many biscuits of tea. My God. <laughs> he puts the milk in before the tea. <gasps> oh my God. They they keep presenting him things to admit to. Nope, he says, I'm saying nothing out of court. You've got to let me go. When he is released, because they're like, we really can't hold this bishop anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he insists, insists that he will not walk out of there in normal clothes like a criminal. He shall wear his full bishop's regalia. Absolutely. All the hats he asked for. Every single hat and every robe possible. Yes, out he walks as the bishop. Well, if you're going to do it, do it with style. It has to be said. So the power play continues now across Ireland. In Dublin, the Archbishop of Dublin is writing, I mean, equivalent of writing letters. This takes a while going, what the fuck have you done in your diocese? Let people be buried and born. Saying, come to the city. You need to explain yourself. He's going, I'm not travelling to the city because I'll be bloody arrested again by these crazy people. They're arguing and arguing back in Kilkenny, Ladred and Arnold are fighting tooth and nail. Ladred is demanding Alice be brought to trial. Arnold is going, go away. Ladred has taken two storming in to Arnold's court proceedings. So he's holding court or he's doing any kind of his legal proceeding and he comes in holding the host. Oh God, that's dramatic. <laughs> it's a great bitchy move because you cannot touch anyone who's holding the host because the host is the body of Christ. So if you lay a hand on the body of Christ, I think you have struck God. You've slapped Jesus around the face. And that is generally frowned upon. <laughs> it's generally frowned upon in Ireland. So he's walking in going, you can't touch me. But if, you, if you had that power, you just put them everywhere. I would like have them, <laughs> tuck them into your hat. <laughs> oh my God, like Shuriken. He's just kind of like flicking yeah. them at people. Like, yeah, host, the host, I got the host. He asks for the host when he's in jail to be brought to him because he then says, Christ is in prison. You've jailed Christ. <laughs> you've jailed he he knows his stuff. Yeah, indeed. Arnold Le Poet calls Ladred an ignorant, low-born vagabond from nice. England. He says, take, take your orders to the church and preach your sermons there. The warring factions would eventually meet in court in Dublin. They all go up there, Ladred, and he's got all the power of the bishops now. When he goes to Dublin, he will not go there alone. He brings every churchman that he can, senior church officials with him, because you cannot for long in Ireland or anywhere really go against the church. On the other side, there is William Outlaw Jr. There is Poe, there is Roger Outlaw, and they're arguing the case stop this man who was just on some sort of agenda to bring this woman to trial. Arnold the Poe says, and he pleads to his fellow countrymen to not let this Englishman come to Ireland, the island of saints, and accuse our people of heresy. It's a very powerful yeah, speech, but... As I said, you can't argue with the church yeah, for long. <laughs> you can't really tell a bishop not to do stuff. The dread would return to Kilkenny, and he would have his witch trial. <laughs> Alice would not be there, of course. No, she fucked off. <laughs> Very much so. Quite rightly. <laughs> People have written about it, is it because they don't know what happened, because Alice was very, while they were fighting the whole time, just went, fuck that! <laughs> lifted her skirts and fucked off to England and was never seen again. <laughs> I mean, wise, wise woman. <laughs> I really have a picture of her, like, arms folded, watching the trials and then fighting, going, I'm gonna go now. <laughs> yeah, all, the, all, these, all these supposedly incredibly powerful men <laughs> showing off and trying to outdo each other. And she's just there, I'm, I'm going now. I'm gonna get on this boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely boat. And live a lovely life over there. <laughs> Lots of witchy shit over there. It's gonna be good. I'm bringing it to england <laughs> yeah they're pouring over their paperwork alice is gone but you know what that's not gonna stop ladred 
It's not going to stop the bishop. He has been fighting, fighting for this for months now. He will bring down anyone associated with Alice if it kills him. And so begin the Kilkenny witch trials, even though the accused witch is not there. Several of Alice's friends are brought before the court and they're handed out varying degrees of horribleness. So let's deal with William Jr., First, let's cross him off the list. Perhaps fearing what might happen to him should he deny the charges that this very angry bishop has levied against him. (laughs) He confesses and begs forgiveness for the charges of heresy. Whether Mm. it's true or not, there's a lot of pointy spikiness that could potentially happen to you. He just goes, nope. He's imprisoned in Kilkenny Castle. Obviously, as we've established, he has a lot of friends in state lot of officials who argue for his release and they say he will you know release him from prison and he will do the equivalent of community service so what they decree is that okay fine he'll be released but he has to attend mass three times a day for a year just put me back in prison put me back in prison absolutely because imagine he's a rich man he's probably gonna have a relatively comfy time in prison as a Uh, as a well-off man it's not gonna be it's not it's not so much at that sort of time i think they get him out but he's got to go to mass three times a day for a year just for a year he's got to feed the poor as well and and help pay for the cathedral roof repairs uh, community uh, service very much that so the boy the son of alice he gets off with a light bit of work but a far worse fate awaited one of alice's servants petronilla did me. That's because she was a girl. Because she was a girl. Who Alice's accusers claimed had been assisting her all along. So Petronilla is arrested and tortured and proclaims under much pointy encouragement of practising witchcraft. And it's amazing how closely her mm. confession matches the seven things that Alice is accused of. Yeah, absolutely. Can't get Alice, let's, follow, let's get her instead. Maybe it's genuine, for here is from Ladred's own account of the trial later on. These are the accusations. This is what apparently happened. By the crossroads outside the city, Alice had made an offering of three cocks to a certain demon who she called Robert. (laughs) That is an anticlimax. Classic, classic demon. Robert, Um, Rob, Robert's son of art from the depths of the underworld. Well, that's where the demons generally are. From the depths, not from the middle level. She had poured out the cock's blood, cut the animals into pieces and mixed the intestines with, and here's the list of the secret ingredients, spiders and other black worms like scorpions. A herb called milfoil, as well as other other herbs and horrible worms. <laughs> nice. It sounds delightful. She had boiled this mixture in a pot with hairs from the buttocks and the brains and clothes of a boy who had died without baptism, along with the skull of a robber who had been decapitated. Excellent. I'm, I'm hoping you've got this written down because I'm thinking next week's cocktail is sorted. Um. <laughs> I don't believe you didn't choose any of those other ones apart from worms. Clearly <laughs> hairs from the buttocks. Are, it's the most magical part of the body. Well, absolutely. Who spe- specifies that? Who goes that the buttocks and hairs from it are the thing that's going to make this magical potion sing? Well, see, if you're trying to summon a, de- a demon and a devil, uh, you, you don't want hairs from nice places. <laughs> so... <laughs> You want unpleasant things. Underarm hair so, or anything. Or hair from the head or anything. Just ass hair. Ass, ass hair, hair. Is, um, is, <laughs> is what the demons like. It's it's just very much on the lines of pranks that people play on their friends. <laughs> but this brew boiled together with the brains and the ass hair and the scorpions and the worms and the spiders. 
Um, it's very like a Disney film. It's quite nice. This brew would be used to incite people to love, hate, kill and afflict Christians. Oh, it's only specifically designed to afflict Christians. Oh, of course, of course. You know, no one who worships the devil. They're fine. Uh, Petronilla said that she had several times at Alice's instigation and at once in her presence consulted demons and received answers. So remember the consulting and receiving and them. Receiving, yeah. Well, it's so good if you just shout questions at, into a pond or something and then nothing answers. Then you're a mad person. <laughs> um, so you need to have some sort of response, I feel, to actually make this relationship work. That's a very, very good point I hadn't thought of. No, she's just screaming at a pond. That's all it yeah. is. Oh, it answered back. If the pond screams back, then then that's something to be concerned about. That's I think. so unfair, though, isn't it? If you've just been screaming at a pond for ages and everyone's ignored you and the pond answers back, it's not your fault. Yeah, that's just mad, Doris. Screaming at a pond, as she does. But she, um, in public, she said that with her own eyes, she had seen the aforementioned demon, Robert, in three shapes, in the form of three black men, each carrying an iron rod in his hand. This apparition happened by daylight, and while Petronella herself was watching, the apparition had intercourse with Alice. <gasps> by God. After this disgraceful act, with her own hand, Alice had wiped the disgusting place with sheets from her own bed. Why? I like that. Wiped the disgusting place. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. What was the disgusting place in that thing? Well, I was. No. Th- mm. Oh God! Yeah, I was just thinking yeah. about the floor. I was thinking I she was know. mopping up. I was like, Oh God, no that. I don't know. I don't that's, know. That's slovenly, isn't it? To get the shit out of wipe yourself down, love. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! No, oh, that's an image I didn't want. The confessions went on. Alice had made potions and denied the faith of the church. They had made their own flying ointments together, her and Petronilla. And Petronilla had seen Alice's demon appear as a cat and a shaggy dog. And she had almost certainly used her powers to kill her husband. Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Another account read, amongst other things that she had made, she had made a sentence of excommunication against her own husband with wax candles lighted and repeated expotorations. And though she was indeed herself an adept in this cursed art of theirs, Petrindler, she said she was nothing in comparison with her mistress, of whom she had learned all these things and many more. And indeed, in the realm of the King of England, there was none more skilled or equal in her art as this. Mm, Good for her. So this is more than enough material to condemn these witches. But hmm, we can't really do anything to Alice as she wisely ran off. (laughs) As she's not there. Yeah, we'll just kill the maid instead. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was that Petronilla was guilty of heresy and for the first time in Ireland's history was put to death for that crime. She was forced to publicly proclaim her heresy and was then flogged six times and burned at the stake. While Alice was the first woman to be condemned for witchcraft in Ireland, it was her servant who would pay the price for her. Mm. After the trials, the infighting between Ladred and his perceived enemies in Kilkenny and Dublin would rage on and on and <laughs> on for nearly 40 years. Bloody if hell. you look at all of the incidents, the ongoing <laughs> bickering accusations and legal proceedings, all seemingly driven by the pious vanity of the bishop who was determined to do God's work and be proven right. Yeah. And perhaps it is a chilling foreshadowing of how such single-minded determination to do God's work would eventually result in the deaths of more than 60,000 people across Europe in the centuries to come. Ooh, Ta-ta-ta. very good. And that is the story 
of the Kilkenny Witch Trials and Alice Kittler. I, li- I mean, I, I like Alice. She just went, no, this is going to be weird. And fucked <laughs> off. And, and had a lovely time somewhere else. Absolutely. Um, she just what I, what was off. brilliant is just where you have no idea what happened to her. Um, no. She she went to England and then lived happily ever after. <laughs> Summoning all... I mean, Robert was probably back. Robert the demon was... He was there. Shagging. He was there. Shagging. He was there. He came back So while well, her servant was on fire, which is less fun. Less fun. She had no repercussions against her. The people involved were so determined to do things by the law and to do things just as she was just standing on the side going, hello, hello. you're imprisoning each other. Maybe yeah. just think about, okay, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go I'm, over just, here. I'm off now. <laughs> the thing I like about Alice's story is that it starts as so many of our other poisoning stories have started on this show of her with multiple husbands trying to make her money. They all mysteriously die. You've got a few relatives who are asking questions and saying perhaps poisoning is involved and probably she did do away with them. Mm. But then they throw in all this witch trial business and they complicated it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, in their, in their mind, I mean, you've got to think, I mean, I often think about these witch trial things. I find it bizarre that they actually believed this stuff. Mm. And was it just a way to just get rid of people they didn't like? Yeah. Also, yeah, we know she tried to murder her husbands. We think she, well, we think she murdered her husband. There's no way we can prove she murdered her husbands. No. So we can't get her on that. But if we chuck some witchy shit in there, yeah. then we can definitely do that. Because the so the burden of proof is somewhat vaguer on witch, <laughs> um, witchly things than it is for physical murder so we can do what the hell we like well that's it and and you think i mean for the for the legal proceedings at the time that the the amount of effort they went to for the you know for the witchcraft persecution because it's church and state getting involved you would think you'd be able to say no she's killed so and so and that Mm. she would stand trial and be able to do that but people were going yeah no let's just throw some witch stuff in there in the same way that later on as i said it's a foreshadowing of we don't like her she's a woman who is got a lot of money we don't have a lot of the money our parents have not left us the money we're just pissed off So let's get rid of her with witchcraft. I don't think she was probably a very nice person. I think she took what she could get with her and her son. And maybe her son was like, yeah, absolutely. Bring it on. But they just thought, we'll throw witchcraft in there. I don't know whether at the time, again, I shouldn't need to say this, but it's before the days of social media. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh, sure. Facebook's been around a long time. (laughs) It feels like that, doesn't it? MySpace was open at that sort of time, yeah. <laughs> but friends reunited. They were all talking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but the Pope in, yeah, 1320 had made this decree. He changed his mind or that the new Pope had changed his mind and said, no, we are going to, uh, you can now use Inquisition to persecute people who have conducted sorcery. Going from previous paper of like, just uh, don't worry, I don't care. We don't want to be troubled with this to no, we won't have this anymore. This is a a case Mm. of heresy. So in four years later, has it filtered through that they know that there's particular religious zealots in Ireland who are operating... How much of this is happening in England? I didn't do a cross check, really. But in, in Ireland, if there's a, one religious zealot there who's going, I will stamp out heresy, the, the family think, OK, well, we've got him on our side and he's got mm. papal decrees. He's probably more likely to get a conviction, maybe, rather than a slap on the wrist. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Because I think the burden of proof is probably a lot less, isn't it? So, mm. yeah, it probably is easier to do it. Go down the old witchy way. Yeah, I think it's it's a really nice... When I, when I delved into the case... 
it did really feel like a split between like a Victorian poisoning story, even in the mm. in the 1300s. And then the rest of it is just throw witchy shit in there. <laughs> witches, witches are real. We have decided they are real. Yeah. And all of the accusations levied against her. It's just sort of like they were sitting in the pub one day and just going, what could we accuse her of? Okay, she talks to devils, she cut up some fish and she just, uh, yeah. There's all sorts of descriptions <laughs> about her cutting up animals and then the intestines being pulled out and using them in her brew to then summon Robert. Or perhaps she was taking them out because they're just not very nice to eat. So she was taking out the taking out the <laughs> intestines of a rabbit or whatever because she was wanted to cook the rabbit for supper. Yeah. And eating the intestines is not very fun. So she took them out. But then the clothes of a boy who had not been baptised and the brains in some accounts as well, which I included. I find I find that unlikely to be honest. A skull I'm could fine. be a skull could be anything. People could go, Oh, it was a yeah. skull of a criminal. Maybe she has actually realised, maybe she was onto something, that the ass hair is the most delicious delicacy that we are just not aware of. I'm not entirely convinced by that one, I must admit. Um, no, but I mean, we don't know. No. We, who here has shaved an ass and sprinkled it <laughs> on their food? You know, judge not lest ye be judged. <laughs> maybe don't do that. Maybe no. don't make ass hair like a cocktail ingredient. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Well, there you go, people. That is the story of Alice Kittler and the Kilkenny Witch Trials. A great subject. What do you think about it? We would love to hear your views, your thoughts, your theories about Alice, about the Witch Trials. What do you know about it? Have you heard more versions of this story? Are there extra elements that we haven't included that we maybe could think about later? Jump onto social media and comment on this or send us messages about it and send us more suggestions of stories we should cover. And how many of the seven did you get? I'm intrigued to know. (laughs) Work it through with drinks tonight. (laughs) Drink every time that we say, just play them back and then just take a drink every time you've done one of those. I have never (laughs) had sex with a demon, communed with a demon, had a response from a demon, cut up an animal for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The recipe for the 1910 will be out this evening. So... I yeah I, I I very much enjoy it. Sinead less convinced of the nineteen ten goodness. I'm more convinced as the evening went on. As it grew on you, as as things as time went past. It did. I was reading a lot, so the adrenaline kicked in. But it was, <laughs> uh, it was, it was very nice. So, it was yeah, pretty nice. Yeah. So that'll be out the side. So give it a go. Let us know what you think. It's got a lot of ingredients that we've used before. So hopefully you have them in your cupboard. And if you haven't already, come and join us on Patreon. There is an extra episode every single week. There is bonus content, and there's a lovely community and lots of space feed a chat and ask us questions on there for but five dollars or four pound fifty a month or the equivalent amount wherever you are in the world yes <laughs> i agree thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you Bye.